Welcome to the EQ Podcast. Welcome to the EQ Podcast, a show focused on equipping ministry leaders within the Calvary Chapel Association in the Pacific Northwest. I'm your host, Zach Lamerson, and we have on the show today a near and dear friend of mine and of Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities, really. Um, it's Pastor Dallas Sandoval. How are you doing, Dallas? Hey, I'm doing fine, Zach. Good to see you, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you too, man. Uh, Dallas, you're the pastor of Calvary Chapel Toppenish in the Yakima Valley, right? That's right. How long have you been there? Uh, we planted the church June 27th of 04. Oh, wow. You're coming up on your anniversary then. Yeah. 19 year anniversary, man. Coming up. That's awesome. Would you tell us, Dallas, um, you've been in ministry for a long time, but there was a story, a progression of how you got there. Uh, I know a little bit about your background and I know it's helpful because you've kind of got a unique testimony. Would you tell us a little bit about how you got saved and then that calling into ministry? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was raised Catholic till about uh, third grade, and then my dad got saved, and then my dad started taking us to the Assemblies of God, so we were raised in the Assembly of God, and I was an AG until uh, the summer between my sophomore and junior year, and then I backslid. I backslid for like 10 years, um, came back to the Lord at the age of 25, went back to AG, back to my Pentecostal roots, and uh, I mean, I, I appreciate my Pentecostal roots, man, no shade at the AG. Um, appreciate the Pentecostal roots, but, um, just the word was lacking, man. I needed discipleship. I needed the word. And, um, in 1999, I was introduced to CSN, um, which was back then Calvary Chopper radio. And, uh, now it's, I think Calvary sideline network, but, um, anyways, the lineup, man, Chuck Smith, I mean, Raw Reese, Bill Stonebreaker. And man, I just found myself getting fed. I was a delivery driver. So I was spending about nine hours a day on the road man, just being fed the word. And then I found out that there was a Calvary in Yakima. So I started uh, hanging out with Tony Magana up there, listening, being kind of mentored by him a little bit. He was a big brother for me. And, um, well, I had a home Bible study group going about 2001, and I was attending a, a small independent church at the time. And uh, that church ended up closing, and my home group that I had going on a few people from that independent church came over. I mean, one thing led to another, and we started holding holding Bible studies at the at the park there in town, and we did that for a little while, and then God just just birthed the church, man. Mm, <laughs> he that's just awesome. Birthed the church, man. Yeah, so <laughs> here we are. And you've been there. You yeah. said nineteen years in uh, in seven days, right? Yeah, yeah. So June uh, June twenty seventh of oh four. We, we launched our first Sunday morning service at Pioneer Park in Toppenish. So no building. There we were, man, just meeting at the park. <laughs> and you eventually moved into a building. Uh, and I, I don't remember the story exactly, but there was something about, you know, there was a church there that was dying or something. What was what exactly happened there? Yeah, yeah. So there was an old first church of God where the congregation had gotten old. And actually, there was six widows left. And the six widows, their husbands actually built that church back in like 1949. Oh, wow. So the pastor was was retiring, moving away. They put the building up for sale. So that was 2007. So we got in there in 2007, and we've been in that building since. And we've been just renovating it and making it user-friendly and ministry-friendly. So, yeah. yeah and, 
you guys do a lot in that community. So you're you're di- kind of a diverse community f- um, compared to even Tri Cities. Uh, you know, you have a lot of different um, ethnic groups. You guys are in a tribal town, right? And so, would yeah. you, would you kind of explain? You know, your ministry is not just to the typical Washington demographic or even Northwest demographic. What does that look like for your church? Man, bro, it's awesome, man. It's a little taste of heaven. You know, I read Revelation <laughs> five. I read Revelation five, and it talks about every tribe, tongue, and nation, and people. I see that on a, on a weekly basis at church, man. Um, we have, of course, it's, it's on a reservation, right? So we have natives, uh, but it's a huge ag area. So we have lots of Hispanics, um, Filipinos, uh, natives, uh, whites. We have a, a great uh, contingent of former German Baptist people. Um, which is a really awesome addition to our congregation. Um, we've got a few blacks, uh, some Filipinos. And so, man, it's a great, man, environment. And the one thing we have in common is the Lord Jesus Christ and the love for his word, man. So it just, and I'll just say this, Zach, I know we've talked about it before, bro, but it makes for some rock and potlucks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. Diversity of food and, and culture. That's... Dude. that's that's the best and you know dallas i've i've been admire your ministry from afar just because you have that ability to connect with different cultures and you know i've seen you just do you know i don't know you know again this is not predominantly multicultural area but your church seems to be so and so it's been really neat to see you work and and do ministry there and even among uh the gang population you came kind of out of that world would you kind of tell us what happened there and how god's used you in that culture even yeah man so i grew up on the north side of wapato and um late 80s early 90s is when uh the gang situation really started to take off and i was caught in between and between the two you know, um, being involved in sports in school or hanging out with the, you know, the homies in the neighborhood. And so there was just this pull going both ways. Um, God spared me a lot, um, both from family members that were, you know, in gangs and stuff like that. And God really just kind of, man, he had his, he had his grace upon my life. But now that I'm a pastor, uh, the church that I actually pastor, we have quite a few former gang members. Um, I, last time I counted, I think there was like five, uh, um, different sets represented, and now these guys go to church together. I mean, that's I, I awesome. One, yeah, it's awesome, bro. I mean, <laughs> actually, just got involved in a ministry called Walkabout, and uh, some of the guys in our fellowship are, are doing ministry in the county jails now, and they're doing Bible studies in the juvie as well. They're doing Bible studies in the juvie in the county jail, uh, specifically targeting gang members. And these guys are coming out, man. They're getting saved. They're getting discipled. And then they're wanting to turn around and reach that gang culture for Christ, man. So, man, it's exciting, bro. It's exciting. Has that been a lot of just organic growth um, as far as like not necessarily you be the one that says, hey, let's go to the jails, but you just have guys who have a heart for that? Is that kind of how it's born? Or You know, bro, to me, it's a testimony to the power of simply teaching the Bible simply, man. People come and they get fed the word and they begin to grow in their relationship with God. And just, I mean, just by just spiritual default, I guess you'd say, I don't know the right term to use is, but just the, the natural outflow of that um, is a life that wants to see other people saved, man. Amen. And to hear the word taught, man. So yeah, it's awesome, bro. It's awesome. But it is organic for real though. We never targeted it. We never like set out a project or a plan where we're going to do it. I mean, it's just happening, bro. 
Yeah, I think that's, you know, when we talk about programs at church, um, one of the things when we try to put a, a program in place, a lot of it's man effort. And so we're trying, you know, and it's not with a bad heart, we're trying to do something for the Lord, but it's yeah. so, always way more fruitful to me and more effective when you've got people just burdened on their heart and the work of the Spirit and putting them into ministry and going out and doing the thing God has called them to do. And so that's yeah. that's a kind of program I like to see is one that's really born organically like that. Bro, that is where it's at, bro. Uh, so Dallas, uh, I want to ask you this because I have heard some of your testimony, even as you being a, a senior pastor for a se- you know a while, um, and just want to talk about some of the hardships. And so, to me, what's been the hardest season? You know, because it's like marriage; it's you know, there it's not always good, but it's, it's definitely not bad every day. But there are times when it's a bit more difficult. And so, would you would you kind of explain a little bit, maybe give us a little bit of background and context for some of the difficult season seasons or season you've gone through? Yeah, you know, I guess one of the toughest lessons for me that I've learned is that not everybody in ministry and church is who they appear to be uh, or who they claim to be. Um, uh, yeah, man, I've been I've been hurt pretty bad by people who I thought were legit and who were, you know, who had genuine motives. Yeah. Um, but what I think about in that, and God has brought me through it and, and I've, and I've really refrained from, you know, being bitter about it is, uh, in second Timothy chapter four, when Paul's talking about, you know, he stood alone, you know, all forsook him and only the Lord stood with him. Yeah. And then he talks about, you know, Alexander and, you know, you know, may the Lord deal with him. And, and that has really taught me a lot, man, is that, I don't want bitterness to poison me as a man of God, because then that will that will show up in my teaching. And then the next thing you know, I'm ministering with a heavy hand and I'm beating the sheep. And that's something that I've never wanted to do. Of course, Pastor Chuck, you know, definitely taught against that. So, um, you know, ministry, it has its it has its pain, man. You know, Paul said Alexander has caused me much harm. Yeah. And um, that is a reality of ministry, bro. There is a lot of pain that comes with it. Betrayal, you know, different kinds of things like that. But. Um, you keep your eyes on the Lord, you keep your hands to the plow and you know that, Hey man, the Lord started me and he'll stop me. And, uh, and I'm just going to continue to get up and, and be a plotter. Just one foot in front of the other, take one day at a time and do what God has called me to do, which is to love and feed his, his people, man. So yeah, but he's brought me through some tough stuff, Zach, man. I wish I had the liberty to go into some, some things, <laughs> but bro, yeah. it has, there's been many times, man, where I've, just thought, okay, I'm I'm resigning, man. I'm doing something different. But every time that I've come to that 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 place, um, the Lord has just really put a strong impression on my heart that said, "Son, I got you, and I love you, son, and I'm going to be here with you, and just keep going." And um, and then you get the people that come to you and say, "Man, I can't even begin to tell you what God has done in my life through your ministry, man." And so that kind of you know helps it. Yeah, it balances it out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't make up for all the heartache, but it does help a little bit for sure. No, you know, I always yeah, joke with right. with my wife that, you know, the hardest part of ministry is people. <laughs> That's the <laughs> that is the ministry, but it is the hardest part. And so it's like a love hate thing where you love you love to do what God's calls you to do, but people I mean this the heartache and, and you know, especially seeing people like you said, who you trusted and you saw just God do a work in and then them abandon you or, or fall away. It's so hard. That's even more than yeah. people who are just out to get you. Those people who you thought were going to follow the Lord and then turned away from them. That's really difficult to see and to yeah. kind of endure as a ministry. 
It is, bro. You know, one of the hardest things that I've had to come to grips with, and I know a lot of pastors can relate to this, man, is, you know, you love people. You genuinely love people and you want to see them, you know, reach their potential in Christ and grow in the Lord. And they're in, they're in your life for a season. And then there's those, those unfortunate instances where they walk out of your life, not even saying goodbye, you know, nothing. They just vanish, man. They fall off the radar and you're like, man, what happened to those people, man? I love them people. And yeah. you'd never get a reason why they left or anything, you know? And, and so those are kind of the, some of the hardest, harder things, you know, that I've had to deal with as pastors. And again, I'm not the only one. So yeah, man. So you're Dallas, um, you were for a long time, like, uh, a part-time pastor and then you would you were working too as well and you probably you, know, you were truck driver when you first started so when did you finally transition how did that happen for you were like i have to get because you're full-time now at Toppenish, right yeah how long yes. how long have you been full-time there oh i want to say 10 years okay 10 so years. about about half of the time that you've been there and the other half you are working as well as ministering. So when did you realize I need to go full-time? What did that look like for you? It's kind of interesting, man. And my elders actually pushed me to go full-time. Yeah. Um, Cause I didn't want to, um, when we started the church, the first two years, I didn't, I didn't accept a salary. I just said, you know what? I don't want to be burdened to the church. If this is going to take off and if God's going to do something, I want him to do it. And I don't want I don't want the church to, to have to pay me anything. Of course the church was smaller back then too. So, um, and then, then we went to, you know, I think like 200 bucks a month for the year and then 400 bucks. And then it kind of just went up a little by little until then I took a part-time job. And it's kind of funny how this happened was, is I took a part-time job and the, and the goal or the idea was, is they were going to supplement the other half. So I would still be making the same working part-time at the church. If there's such a thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Part-time on my job. So then I I took this part-time job at the school district and uh, the the position they gave me, I was going to be working under somebody. Well, that person got fired two weeks in, bro. Oh, nice. They said, Hey, yeah. They came to me and said, Hey Dallas, if you still want the job, we need you full time. And I'm like, wow, man, that's not what I wanted. But then they worked with my hours. And so then I was working five 30 to one 30. And I was like, man, I can get up early. I'm an early bird anyway. So yeah. I said, I, I'm out by 1.30. I can go to the church and work till 5. You know, that's cool. So I did that for four years, bro. Oh, man. And uh, yeah, I did that for four years. And then, uh, yeah, I think it was right about 2012 or 2013, bro. I actually went full time. And um, man, it's been it's been awesome. Man, I have a great support group, bro. My, my elders are amazing, dude. I love them guys. And like I said, they're the ones that actually pushed me into going full time. Because me, I was just like, eh, I'm good. God provides, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my wife, my wife's a physician assistant, so she works. She makes a pretty good income, you know. Yeah. So we've never really, we've never really struggled and stuff. So. That's How about? Bro. Yeah, I know that. How about bringing guys on? Do you have anyone on staff now? Yeah. So we have actually we have two. We have an accountant slash bookkeeper, and then um, Lionel, my my guy Lionel. He's our youth pastor, and so we just brought him on, but it's part time. And so, um, yeah, he's working part-time as our youth pastor. He's kind of my assistant too, man. He's my day one. He's my ride or die, man. That guy since <laughs> day one, bro. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Has he been doing... He's opposite you- of me. Okay. I said, has he been doing youth ministry this whole time too? Uh, I think he's... Well, off and on. So he started doing youth ministry at the beginning, and then he took some time off, and he's been doing it for the last nine years straight. And okay. uh, yeah, he's a, he's a great Bible, Bible teacher, man. I love the guy. He's, he's, a, he's my Romaine. He's my Romaine. Okay. I mean, this dude. Yeah. He's, 
Yeah, I love him because he's the other half of me. I'm a non-confrontational person. Like, yeah, yeah. If I have to, I will. And if I have to, you know you've gone too far. Uh, but he's the kind of guy that's like, hey, I'm going to let him know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> he's taking care of business. Oh, I love him, bro. I love my bro. Yeah. So uh, you, one of the things you've been a part of now for a number of years is our pastor here in, in Kennewick meets with a, a group of you guys around the area. And I was just kind of curious because I know there are some guys who are not plugged in with a group like that where you're not meeting with pastors regularly. Uh, how has that helped you in ministry, meeting with other guys who are going through similar things as you and, and kind of have a similar, you know, trek in life? Man, for me, bro, it's meant everything to me. And I and I tell Steve frequently, like, bro, thank you for these meetings, man. It gives me an opportunity to maybe uh, be be just mask off, bro. I mean, like, hey, this is where I'm at in life, man. This is what I'm dealing with right now. And uh, to be able to just express myself without any kind of fear about, you know, oh, man, they're going to think different of me or this is going to get outside the room. Um to shed tear, you know, to just pour out my heart and, and know that, man, those guys, you know, as we like to say, man, I got, I got your back on my knees, right? Yeah. I'm going to pray for you. And so, man, to know that I can show up at a meeting like that and Steve or, or any of the other guys, man, they'll say, you know what, man, let's pray. Let's pray, man. We're going to, we're going to keep this in prayer, bro. That means everything to me, man. And then just the wisdom in the room too, man. You know, you got Steve there and the other guys and, I'm like a sponge, bro. I'm just feeding off this <laughs> soaking it all up, bro. So yeah, and, and I would I would say to pastors who don't go to meetings like that, maybe who just choose not to go, I would just say, man, you're missing out. You're missing out and you need to be there. You need that fellowship, Pastor. That's what I would say. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask because I think some guys maybe they don't ha- they don't know of a group because I'm almost sure everywhere in Calvary in the Northwest there's somewhere that they can meet even if it's on Zoom. Uh, you know, you can get on and, and hang out with some guys, but some guys may not just see it as beneficial. You know, we're so busy, pastors. We we got no time in our in our in our clock. So I appreciate you even coming on. You know, giving us a slice of your time this afternoon, Dallas. And uh, I know how busy things are. So, but you know, it, it's so beneficial to get up with you know together with other guys. It's worth it. We're the time you'd say right yeah it is bro it is I, I like that you brought that out man about being busy i got a i got a text message about an hour ago from a buddy of mine and, and, and all the text message said was is are you busy <laughs> you know me man you know i'm busy. always busy <laughs> yeah but uh anyways yeah man but thank you bro thank you for the opportunity yeah so just a couple more things uh did you get a chance to see the jesus revolution movie yeah, I loved it, man. <laughs> that's what I was gonna ask. What's your impressions? What are your things you th- like trying to take away from? It? And that's one of the things we've been talking with. You know, I've been able to interview like Don McClure and um, you know, guys who are close to the you know to the revolution itself, and it's been really neat to hear their stories. What were your takeaways from it? I just like the fact that it takes us back to our roots, man. You know, it takes us back to the beginning of the Jesus People Movement, man, and. And as Chuck would say, to keep the main thing, the main thing, man, which is, you know, discipleship, man, evangelism, man, worship, prayer, and just preaching Jesus, bro. You know, preaching Jesus and and seeing how, man, the love of God through Christ can impact a generation, man. You know, I mean, you look at the hippies and how they were the outcast of society. Well, for me, especially in my in my context and where I'm at. The, the gang culture is now is now that hippie movement, right? Where now mm-hmm. people look at gangs, 
the way they looked at the hippies, right? All those people are no good, worthless men, bums, you know, and they're, a, a, you know, a blight on society and all that. And so a lot of people have given up on the gang culture and gang members, the kids. And uh, man, I, they're redeemable, bro. They're redeemable. Yeah. And so watching the Jesus Revolution movie, it was like a fresh wind in my in my soul, man, that just said, hey, get back out there, man. There's people that need to get need to get saved. So great movie, bro. I like, I loved it. Did you cry? How many times did you cry? Actually, is the question. Three times. Three. <laughs> three times. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a matter of if you did. It's how many times is the question I now ask. Uh, okay. Yeah. We have the lightning round. Uh, these are just three quick questions and just quick answers from you. And so he- here's number one is, who's your go-to pastor that you like to listen to? Dead or alive? Damien Kyle. Damien Kyle. I love Damien Kyle. <laughs> yeah. That's a great one. Uh, how about a, a recent good read, a book that you've read that you would suggest to other pastors to be reading? I mean, it's funny. It's, it's a book that I've read three times and I actually have it on my nightstand right now. And it's Practicing the Presence of God with Brother Lawrence. Oh, love that book. That's a good one. Yeah. Last one. Uh, if you have one piece of advice for someone in full-time ministry or someone maybe looking to do that and you know, go to full-time ministry, what would you say? Pray more. All right. Pray more, man. Yeah. Stay intimate. Stay intimate. I love it. Dallas, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It's been a blessing. Uh, I love hanging out with you, you know, and I just, I love. Likewise. <laughs> God's, Likewise. God is good. And uh, I'm praying for your ministry, praying that God continues to bless it there in Toppenish and that we'll see more gangbangers come to the Lord and uh, bigger, bigger, more diverse potlucks even. Amen. Yeah, man. I got to get you to come down and teach for me on Sunday so you can get an experience of that potluck, bro. Is it every week? Do you guys do potlucks every week? Uh, right now in summertime. So we're doing outdoor services. I think we're doing it like every other week now. Okay. Well, make sure I'm on that every other week then. That's all I'm saying. I'll shoot you a text, bro. <laughs> Thanks, Dallas. I appreciate it, man. All right, man. Love you, bro. The EQ Podcast is here as a resource for our listeners. Check us out at eqministry.com. On our website, you'll find a variety of helpful tools, including past ministry conferences and a contact form to seek out help or counsel from seasoned Calvary pastors who want to encourage you in your serving or answer your ministry-related questions. Until next time, God bless. God bless.